Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to go through a lot of Scripture tonight. Genesis chapter 2. Let's uh, open in prayer. Father in heaven, Lord, thank you for uh, that testimony. And I pray, Lord, that you would give me the strength, Lord, um, and you already have in the grace, Lord. It's just a matter of heart, wanting, wanting to uh, turn from our flesh and seek the true and living God. And thank you for that testimony um, that, Lord, uh, you stirred up. And I pray, Lord, that you'll, you'll just uh, bless Brother Chris for that in a mighty way. Lift him up above all of his fellows as he had just lifted you up above all. I pray you lift him up above all of us, O oh God, and just anoint him, strengthen him, give him amazing, amazing grace and blessing in his life uh, further than all of us here. I pray um, that it may uh, cause us to strive uh, to allow you to have victory in our life, O oh Lord. Thank you for uh, just meeting together, Lord, as men. I pray you bless us tonight and anybody watching as well on the live stream. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Genesis 2. Uh, the Bible says in Genesis 2, um, and we know this verse, the Lord, in verse 18, the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. Uh, and the help the world has confused and perverted the, the role of a woman in this world. And when you try to approach uh, society today and reveal unto them the true biblical role of a woman, they are disgusted because there's no understanding of a true biblical role of a wife and woman in this world. And certainly today, uh, the role of a man in this world. And we are all created in the image of God for the sole purpose of walking with God, for praising God, worshiping God. And certainly God had not made us uh, ministers or servants like he did the angels. He made us after his image, something more special, uh, lower than the angels in power and glory. Uh, but yet in the image of God, he made uh, male and female, and he made us with free will, free choice, and he requires of us to choose him. And anyone who does uh, will be blessed, amen. And God gave us a comparison here. He shows us that it's not good uh, for man to be alone. And I would say this too, God knew it wasn't good for him to be alone. Now I say that respectively. God is not limited as we are limited. God is not uh, need, needful or needy as we are. Right, so I say that in respect uh, to God. Uh, but God wanted to be praised. God wanted to be worshipped. That's why he created us. He created us not for ourselves so we can have a life, but so that we can live with him. It's a fellowship. And God desires our fellowship. He loves us. God loves. And you can't love unless you have someone to love. You wouldn't know what that meant. But God's a loving God. Because he created us, he's able to love. Uh, there's, there's nothing else in the whole universe but 
us. There's no other species or beings on other planets. It's just us. God made us, amen? And it's always been about us. Uh, it's not good for man to be, uh, should be alone. Now, God had already made the animals, right? Animals cannot fulfill um, this need that Adam had, this lack. And God had the angels, but it, it wasn't the same. God made man after his image. And God made woman after uh, the similitude of man, after he, he took from Adam his rib, uh, so that Adam might identify himself in Eve, and that they can have that fellowship between each other. Um, Eve was created as a help me. This help me is not a dishwasher. It's not a... Um, uh, somebody in the house that just fulfills chores or things that the man does not want to do. It's not that at all. Um, it's flesh and blood, one flesh and blood. Your wife is your flesh and blood. It's your, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 19, no more shall they be twain but one. God joins them together so that they are one flesh. Adam desired or needed something more than what was already there. He had God already, right? God was not able, I'm, I'm sorry, uh, in respect to God, Adam needed something. And God, uh, God is able, period, amen? But what Adam needed, there was more that God uh, needed to do to fulfill that need. And he knew that. Therefore, he created Eve. Amen? Now, Eve came, uh, and it fulfilled what God intended to fulfill. It was his wife. The animals were already there. The animals were not enough for Adam. And we know that. Now, in doing so, God had created a wife for Adam. Man perverts and distorts his own need. You say, I have a need and it needs to be fulfilled. Man perverts that. God made one man, one woman. Man perverted that along the way. You read through the Bible and you see uh, maybe how many wives uh, David had or Solomon or, and we can go down the line. Uh, many men in the Bible has several Wives, And you say, well, is that okay? No, it's not okay. The Lord uh, condemned that. He said, God made one. One man, one woman. And one woman for man. And that's biblical. And that's why we follow that. Now, we distort that. We pervert that. uh, And we make excuse uh, to, to go around that. Why? Because men have a need. Men have a need. And that need oftentimes is not uh, fulfilled like we would have it fulfilled, right? Now, I'm going to try to talk uh, PG, PG-13 tops here, amen, as men. Uh, but this is a, 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 an area that is not talked about a lot. And if I were to say as men, 99% of us, um, we go through this. You know, we struggle. This is what 
the Bible is referring to here. Now, in the world's perspective, you say, uh, in, in, as far as sexually, you would say, or women would say, well, that's all men think about. Well, oftentimes, it may be, depending on how uh, perverted the man is and how, how much he's diving in, but on a regular scale, no, men are thinking about um, cheeseburgers, hot dogs, trucks. Um, I got to cut the weeds on the sidewalk. Uh, I got to clean the car out. I want to smoke um, uh, a brisket later on. You know, we're simple-minded, really, in reality. And the most complex of us still just complicated that. You know, I got to smoke two briskets later on and so forth. But men, uh, men are not complicated people, amen? Uh, just keep it simple, but yet there's a need. There is this need that the pets couldn't fulfill. And as much as you walk with God, God is able, uh, of course, I, I, I can never say that. However, God said it's not good for man to be alone. Now, let's hair off the word of God here for a second. And I, didn't, I do not go statistically, but statistically, I don't like to bring in statistics, but statistically, check this out. It is medically proven that most heart attacks, most heart attacks are caused, are caused by a, um, or it's linked to, medically proven, most heart attacks are linked to a unhealthy marriage. And when I mean that, or when I say that, it's linked to men and a wife not being together sexually a lot. Now, that is found only amongst married men. Unmarried men, it's not applied to. It's easier for unmarried men than it is for married men to be without a woman. It's harder for a married man to be without his wife or not to be with his wife than it is for a unmarried man to be without anybody. As, as the Apostle Paul said, it's better that you remain unmarried if possible. That way you're free to serve the Lord. But if you cannot contain, now how many men would say, now you don't have to raise your hand or else you'll be sleeping on the couch tonight. How many men would say after they got married, after a few years later, said, man, I should have just remained unmarried, that I could be serving God faithfully and free, and what did I get myself into? And uh, yeah, you did get yourself into something. You got a wife. And didn't the Lord get himself into something when he created us? He wound up having to die on the cross to get us back. Winding had to give everything for the sake of his people. Wow. God gives a direct correlation to us to, as men and our wives. If you're unmarried today, you can still try to grasp this. If you plan on getting married, let it sink in. Uh, a direct correlation between us and our wife 
to us and him. There is a need amongst men. Now, God did not make us perverted. We do that on our own. Anything outside the realm of marriage is sexual perversion. We got to know that. There is no excuse. There's no beating around the bush. Uh, we can go to First Corinthians. Let's go right. Let's go there. First Corinthians. Where's that Second Corinthians? First Corinthians chapter seven. First Corinthians seven one. The Bible says, "Now concerning the things wherever you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication. That what's the danger of fornication? What's the danger of getting into sexual sins? The Bible even warns about a church allowing people that are living in sin to allow them even in the church. Why?" because of the spirit that comes with it. When you assume a perverted spirit in your life, now keep this in mind, we all have our flesh. And I believe the stronger of a man you are, the stronger this may be for you. The Bible says that many strong men have been slain by her. The strong men. The stronger you may be, the stronger you might have to fight, amen? The stronger your flesh might be. I, I equate this, our sexual appetite, to fuel. Sometimes you're running dry. What happens? You start craving everything, anything. That's how our flesh is. Now, if you put the wrong fuel in, you're going to destroy yourself. If you put diesel fuel inside of a regular car, you're going to mess that engine up. And any fuel outside the realm of marriage is the wrong fuel. My f hey, I'm filling up the tank. I'm good to go. Next thing you know, you're sputtering. Something's off. Sexual perversion takes away a man's strength. It takes away your strength. For you to be strong as a man, you need to be strong morally. You need to have uh, some moral strength about you, some integrity. Now, this is not, this is easy to say, okay? And it's very hard to do. We live in a world, we live in Sodom. I hear, I've heard preachers in the past talk about Lot and accusing Lot of living in Sodom. And I'm like, well, I live in Sodom. This is, you know, we're in, I'm in the middle of Sodom. I'm not moving out. I'm, I'm here. I'm here as a light, though. But my righteous soul, not my righteous flesh, my righteous soul is vexed day to day uh, from the things that I see, from the things that I fall in, uh, down the line. Amen? And I'm just, and you'll hear, you'll hear different people falling into sin. You'll wake up. Did you hear about Pastor? Yeah, Pastor made the news. I remember uh, I, we, I went to a conference, and 
Well, down, we, we can go on and on about uh, uh, men falling into sin and, and so forth. And there's so many stories. And why? Because it happens behind closed doors and, and people are afraid to talk about it. And I want to bring this mess or a little Bible study here to the guys here at the church and maybe those watching just to help us understand that uh, we need help. God said, God need you, God said, man you, man, you need a help. You need help. Adam, you need help. You need help. I'm going to create something for you. I'm going to create structure. I'm going to create Eve for you. One wife. After a while later, there was many women. Many women. Adam, you get one wife. But what about them? Adam, you get one wife. You remember Solomon, how many wives he had? 700 wives? 600 was not enough. 601 was not enough. 602 was not enough. When will it be enough? It's never enough. If you're not going to be content with one, you will never be content with two, three, four, and five, and six. And 700 to 1,000. It's never going to be enough. If you're not content with God, you will never be content with anything. Godliness with contentment is the greatest gain you can ever accomplish in your life, knowing how, uh, how much you already have in Christ Jesus. Paul got that. If we can get it, man. He's like, I'm, I don't even need to get married. The, the Bible says Paul, he was a virgin, never was with women. He just gave his life to the Lord 100%. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife and let every woman have her own husband. Let the uh, husband render unto the wife due benevolence. And that's talking about sexually and likewise also the wife unto the husband. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband. And likewise also the husband hath not power uh, of his own body, but the wife. Verse 5, defraud ye not one the other, except to be with consent for a time. This is the importance of um, proper, uh, pr proper sexual life with your wife. Defraud ye not one the other, except it be with consent for a time. That means we could set a little time, little time, maybe a couple hours, no, a day, two days, whatever, a week, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer and come together again, that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. Whoa. There's men that sleep on the couch for months, married men. I've heard years. There's men who, what happens? It leaves a doorway for Satan to come in. Men are falling around us all the time. Men are falling in here. Men are, men are already falling in here amongst us. What do we do? You get back up. Forgiveness of God. Uh, God's strength. But you cannot live a, a weak life. You cannot live a defeated life. You cannot allow the devil to come in. Okay, yeah, he came in. But get him out. Amen? If you allowed him in, get him out. How can we keep him out? This is a very hard... How can a man stop looking at pornography? Pornography is very addictive. Once you have the freedom 
especially now, when we were younger, you had to go to one of them cheap corner gas stations or something. Now it's on your phones, it's everywhere. It's in your face, it's popped up. But, and yet, it's something that, now I'm talking about most men, it's something that the average man wants to look at. When a man hits a certain age, you have a desire to look. When a girl has, hits a certain age, she has a desire to show. Did you know that? It's the devil tempting. Girl, the, the devil tempts the girl to show it. Is this off downstairs? The, the, the devil tempts the man to look. It goes both ways. Isn't that amazing? The devil tempts the man to look. The devil tempts the girl to show. And hence, it's, that's what it is. It creates a society of never-ending perversion. Um, that's what happened in Sodom and Gomorrah. That's what's happened here. That's what's happened. Summertime comes, you see what's going on. You see the young girls half-naked everywhere. Why? They're, they don't know why they're dressing like that. Why an 11, 12-year-old girl is dressing half-naked. The parents, if they know what's going on, they let them do it. Why they're tempted to do that. They don't know why they're tempted to do that. I remember when I was a young boy, I'm, I'm tempted to look. I'm like, whoa, you know. Uh, you're tempted to look at the girl. It's who we are. Is it unnatural? No, it's a completely natural from a young age. But God has laid down some laws here. For, for number one, for his honor and glory. And to help us, let's uh, look at some verses here. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2. They allow the devil in your home. If you're married today, do not defraud you one to another. Don't defraud each other of, of sexual life. It, it will allow the devil in quickly. More so than unmarried people. Of course, the only way to live a sexual life is to be married, uh, one man, one woman, in the, under the eyes of the Lord, and that's what God blesses. The Bible says, um, the body is not for fornication before the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Marriage is honorable, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers, God will judge. And uh, there is judgment. And how do we escape this judgment? We've got to turn back to the Lord. The devil got a hold of us. He gets the strongest men. And I'm not going to say I'm the strongest man. And uh, if I was, he still gets them. And he gets them through this. Let's go to 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 14. The Bible says, 2 Peter 2, 14, Having eyes full of adultery. Eyes full of adultery. Here we go in this next part. And that cannot cease from sin. Have you ever got your flesh to a point where you did not know how to stop looking? Have you ever got your flesh to a point 
where you could not stop looking at pornography or, or the girls around you. Uh, you couldn't stop your mind from lusting. You can easily get like that. That is our flesh. But what to do when you, how to get out of that or how uh, to get back from that life and back onto the right track. Verse 15, it says, which have forsaken the right way. It is the wrong way. It is the wrong way. You, you have to acknowledge first that what you're doing is a sin. The Bible says that your, 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 uh, your flesh will often deceive you, the deceitfulness of your, lu your lusts. It'll first deceive you into thinking that it's okay. Uh, pornography is just art. Oh, it's okay. I've already seen this before. It's no big deal. You're being deceived. It's pulling you in. It's pulling you in. What you do is acknowledge that it's the wrong way. Acknowledge that it's a sin against God. Acknowledge what you're doing is wrong. Call it what it is. Uh, and then get back on the right path. Will it happen overnight? No. It could. God will give you the grace. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. But get back on the right path. You find yourself tripping the next month, two months, year, continue on the right path. Eventually you'll get back up. Eventually you'll have a, a, a victory um, and praises to the Lord uh, for helping you conquer some things in your life. Lust and pleasures will take away uh, your strength. One of something that Bathsheba told Solomon, my son, give not thy strength unto, what she say? Give not thy strength unto women. Don't hand your strength over to women. Don't give your strength over to women, to pornography, to uh, to the women around you. Don't hand it over. Be strong. Get some strength about you. Get some integrity. And allow the Lord, give that strength to the Lord. Do some things for God. All right, let's hit some Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 7. Proverbs chapter 7. Chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7, chapter 9 has a lot to say about uh, men and women. We're only going to read a few, but chapter 7, verse 1, the Bible says, My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live, and my law is the apple of thine eyes. Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, Thou art my sister, and call understanding thy kinswoman, that means get the word of God and its wisdom close to you. Verse 5, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. That they may keep thee. It, the word of God will keep you. But you have to have a heart. Look at verse 2, keep. Verse 3, bind. Verse 4, say. These are all action. If you're depending on 
oh, I'm, I'm good. I struggled with that, but now I don't. Well, tomorrow your flesh might be empty and ready to, oh, it needs something. And what are you going to do? You're going to fill yourself up with the wrong fuel. And you need the word of God. You, you got to uh, take, I have to, not you, me. I have to take action against this. Uh, set up some walls. Set up some boundaries. Know your own flesh. Your flesh can get perverted. We, we don't talk about our perversions. It's all mystery to each other. But in reality, every single man here has some weird stuff about him. Right? It is what it is. And then some of us, we hear each other about it on the news. Did you hear about so-and-so? Yeah. Something was going on with those cats or something? I don't know. Weird stuff, man. What? Yeah. Had a whole SPCA going on in his house. What? You think I'm crazy talking about, but right? We hear stories and you say, let's not look at them. Let's look at right here. Let's look at each other. I have perversion in me. You have perversion in you. Every wicked thing stems from man. Today, the women in churches and the women in societies do not trust men. We went out on bus visitation, especially today. We went on bus visitation. I was being called a pervert. Hey, we're here to invite... Uh, Try to take your kids to church. Get out of here, you perfect. I just want to bring them to church. That's all, man. I'm sorry. Uh, no harm. And girls come. The guys broke up. The guys were trying to invite the kids on the bus. The girls come back. They signed up like 20, 25 kids. Why? They don't trust the guys. Too much perversion. We live in a perverted society. Now, why is that? It's the same. People are people. 30 years ago, one man walks and knocks on doors. He signs up 100 kids for the next Sunday on the bus. That was known fact. Easy. Today, you're getting hit with a broom and chased away. Why is that? Because there's a perverted spirit in society today. Men have been taken captive, and we have fallen in line uh, with that spirit of adultery, the spirit of fornication, the sexual spirit. In the last days, let's go there. In the last days, real quick, you can hold your spot in Proverbs. In the last days, 1 Timothy chapter 4. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in a later time some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits. They seduce you. Verse 3, forbidding to marry. Now I, does, I don't believe that means just like remaining single. But the perversion of marriage, not marrying, all the sexual things outside of marriage. It's okay. A lot of churches today. It's okay to live together. 
without being married, just to try it out and see how you are and then go from there. That brings in a perverted spirit upon you. And it allows that spirit in society. In the Old Testament, the Bible says, suffer not a witch to live. A witch has dominion over an area, if you let her. Don't allow a witch in the area. She will start controlling the women, she'll start controlling, which will start controlling the men. That's what the Bible was saying. As we allow society to interpret to us the role of a woman, the role of a man, and what marriage is, it has perverted the institution of marriage. And it's issued in a spirit of antichrist and a spirit that rejects uh, proper marriage and that whole uh, sexual realm within marriage and, and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created. God hath orda ordained uh, marriage and the realm of marriage. And it's important for us as Christians to live by that. It's important to uh, keep ourselves and refrain and allow ourselves. And if we do fall, you get back up. If you do find yourself trapped, the devil comes in instantly, the Bible says. We read that verse. The devil comes in right away and come together right away. Let Satan come in. He comes in instantly. You have a little argument with your spouse, Boom. You know what? Forget her. I don't need her. I'm going to go on the computer. Forget her. I'm going to talk to the secretary. Start flirting. Forget her. What happens is the devil comes in right away, instantly. Now, there is never an excuse for sin. Never. Why? Because God made all things right. He made all things good. But we are the ones who pervert things. We are the ones who mess things up. But it's important. Uh, stay on the right track. Bind them. Keep them. Say unto them. Keep his commandments and live. You'll have a life to live if you do it right. You'll have strength about you if you keep that strength. Don't give it unto women. Let's go back to Proverbs. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 5. Proverbs 5, verse 1, the Bible says, My son, attend unto my wisdom, and bow thine ear to my understanding, that thou mayest regard discretion, that thy lips may keep knowledge. For the lips of a strange woman drop as in honeycomb. When you're hungry, the Bible talks a lot about uh, uh, the woman's lips dropping as a honeycomb. When you're hungry, there's your food. Mm. Man, my flesh is hungry. What man's isn't? If you're a man today, your flesh gets hungry. If Now, there are men who does, don't. The Bible calls them eunuchs. Matthew chapter 19, there are three different types of eunuchs whose flesh doesn't really get too hungry. They're fine. But if you're not one of those, your flesh gets hungry. And a snicker does not cover it. Amen? Uh, God says... Man, they need a woman. They need a wife. Help me. I'm going to make them one. Just one? I need two, Lord. No, 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 no. Just one. Just one. Yeah, but Lord, you don't know what she did. She was talking to the devil. Just one. That's what you get. Man, so many problems with that one. Well, you'll get double the problems if you have two. 
How much problems do you want? I'll just take one, Lord. Amen. So God made one. And man's, we get hungry. And we see those lips, they drop as in honeycomb. And her mouth is smoother than oil. But her end is bitter as wormwood, sharp as a two-edged sword. Her feet go down to death. Isn't that true? Oh, once you bite into that honeycomb, you didn't think it was, you thought it was going to be sweeter after you digested it. But wow, you digested death. You digested uh, emptiness. You digested corruption. It didn't give you strength like you thought it would. It didn't fulfill your hunger. It fulfilled your taste buds of your flesh. But afterwards, it didn't yield the peaceable fruits like marriage would. It didn't yield what God intended. Oh, it's all empty and vile and you feel dirty and you feel uh, gross and you feel weak. I thought food was supposed to give me strength. The right food will. The wrong food, a perverted food, will take away your strength, will make you sick. And that's what the Bible is talking about here. The only way to live is according to God's word. Man, if you're going to have some strength to you, you got to live according to God's word. And don't be fooled. There is none of us here, especially if you're strong, especially if you're strong, where the woman is not after you. Especially if you're strong, where you are not going to fall. Especially if you're strong, where the devil is not going to come in and try to tempt you. Why? Because you have a need. Because your flesh gets hungry and he knows, hey, I got some food here. I got some good stuff over here. What are we supposed to do? It's all around us. We got hungry flesh. Isn't it like sometimes you're so starving and you got a buffet in front of you and you can't eat? God says you can't eat it. Is that how I feel sometimes? Right? I'm describing it. I'm not saying, <laughs> I didn't read this, I'm describing how it is for me sometimes. Man, I'm hungry, and I'm at a, the, the, the best steak buffet, as so it seems. But if you remember so many times you've eaten from that buffet, and you leave sick, you leave with food poisoning, how many times are you going to learn? Do you know the more you feed that spirit, the more hungrier, the hungrier it will get? You're better off not feeding into it. You're better off getting into God's Word. You're better off, Brother Chris, turning around and hanging out with the living. As the Bible says, oh, that is a strong man right there. If you can do that, that's a strong man that can say, you know what? I've been there, done that. No more devil. I want something greater. I want something more. There's a direct correlation between God and us. Do you know if the wife would just, oh, if she would just always give her due benevolence to me, I would be fine. I would be happy. There's two reasons why men quit. Number one, they run out of fuel. The sexual relationships between the husband and wife is like fuel for the man. They run out of fuel. I can't go on. I'm starving, and I'm not, I can't eat that. God says I can't eat this or this or this. I can only eat this one thing. Okay. And it's not happening. What do I do? I spoke to many, I mean, men, and uh, wind up being on a couch for 
I, I remember spoken to the man, he gave up. He was on the couch for six months. Wife, just get away from me, don't touch me. I got a headache, I got, I got this going on, I got everything, I got asthma, I just don't get away from me. Get out, go sleep on the couch. He tried everything from flowers to swiping a credit card to, I mean, everything you could do to whatever, nothing. Christian guy, eventually that, that marriage, uh, last time I heard that man, I'm, I remember asking me, this was years ago, he said, what, what should I do? What do I? That man is almost homeless on crack right now. It wasn't like that then. This guy was teaching Bible studies and he was never on drugs before and so forth. And, and what happened to him, step by step, um, and I believe he needed help. And there was one person that could have gave him that help. Say, God, well, no, God provided the help. It was his wife. God gave him his wife to help him, and he needed the help. Now, it's not her fault. There's no excuse for sin, no matter what. But she could have helped him. The other reason men fall or quit is because the wife is not behind them, supportive. You go get them. If my wife is not behind me, if she's against me, I'm done. I don't care how, what I'm doing. Honey, I'm going to start, uh, I'm gonna start a, a business. Oh, you, you shouldn't do that. It's dumb. What's she talking about? I'm, you know what? I quit everything. In fact, you know what? I'm done. I'm just going. I'm driving, right? That's easily, just with a couple words, a wife turns a man with strong ideas, strong uh, uh, zeal, and with a few words, a woman can sit down a man like this. Unmarried men, be aware of it. Listen, married men, can you attest to that? The words of a man, the words of a wife can tear down the man or they can build that man up. Wouldn't it be amazing if the wife just rendered due benevolence and shut the door of the devil? Wouldn't it be amazing if every time the wife just said, honey, you're the best, you can do it. Wouldn't that man be able to conquer the world? Wouldn't that man have enough strength to do everything for the family? You know, a man, uh, God made Eve out of the rib of Adam so that Eve is not his servant. He's flesh, she's flesh and blood. To show that Eve is there to help Adam and Adam is there to live for Eve. Isn't that amazing? A man lives for his wife, conquers the armies, goes out and fights for her, would do anything for her. If she would just render due benevolence, it would help the man conquer the world for his wife. When I was a little boy, I had a desire. I said, when I grow up, I'm going to buy my wife a house, 
and I'm going to buy her flowers every day, and I'm going to buy her shoes. I remember thinking like this when I was five years old. I want to buy her everything. I just wanted to, it was just in me to do that. And then you get married, right? It's a different story. But you know what this is all about, why I'm saying this? Because if we just render due benevolence to God, if God, when he came down and woke you up and said, hey, would you pray with me? God, I'm tired. You know, go, go on the couch. I, I, I got work tomorrow. I got, oh, what's wrong with the wife? No, what's wrong with us? If God comes down and says, hey, would you read a Bible a little bit more with me? God, I don't, I don't got time. I got a headache. I got, I got asthma. I, 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 I can't read this. It's, you know, I'm going to watch a movie instead. Oh. God, you can just sleep on the couch. God's often on that couch for a month, two months, three months, six months, right? You see, there's a direct comparison between the way we would have our wife to be always to what God is trying to show us. We are the wife for God. And man has an ideology, but God is not perverted. He waits for us. He'll never leave us or forsake us. We, leave, we would leave our wife in a second if, if, if it wasn't for the fear of God. You know what? I'm done. And to prove that, the disciples even questioned it. They said about divorce. And when Jesus said, no, nah, divorce isn't good unless, you know, and he gave some, gave some scenarios of why you, you would divorce. There was reasons for it. And the disciples were like, well, no, then, then why is it even good to get married if that's the case? Remember that? But the Lord showed us that what our wives struggle with or what women struggle with for the man, we struggle with for the Lord. All right, we're almost finished. A couple more. Uh, Proverbs chapter 9. The Bible says, verse 12, If thou be wise, thou shalt be wise for thyself, but if thou scornest, thou alone shalt bear it. Verse 13, a foolish woman is clamorous. She is simple and knoweth nothing. Verse 18, but he knoweth not that the dead we look at verse 17. Stolen waters are sweet and bread eaten in secret is pleasant, but he knoweth not that the, that the dead are there and that her guests are in the depths of hell. And this is talking about the adulterous woman uh, trapping men um, knowing our hunger, knowing our needs. And this woman knows that for her own advantage. Now, it is for his life. Why is it for his life? Why? Because you feel bad after you did it? No. Because she's not going to stop until you're dead. The Bible says a whorish woman is a deep ditch. It doesn't stop. You think it's done and over with? No. It's just beginning. It's just beginning. The more you dive into, there's a spirit that comes in in the situation, a devilish spirit, and it does not stop. That's how you can get to a point where you have eyes full of adultery that cannot cease. That's how you can get to a point where you don't know how to get out, who to turn to, 
where to turn because the Spirit is upon you. You've got to turn back to God and allow the Lord to pull you out of any ditch you fall in, to pull you out, and God will rescue you. All right, I have a lot more, but we're going to close for time's sake, and uh, we'll continue this next week and get into some more things. I hope that was a blessing to you and uh, as we go through this. Amen? Amen. Men, we're all in it together. And anything, any struggles you have, uh, there hath no temptation taken you, but such is as common to man. It's common. It's common. What you struggle with, I struggle with. Uh, but iron sharpeneth iron, and allow the Lord to uh, grip us all together, close-knit as a church family, and watch each other's backs, cheer each other on, help each other up when we see each other fallen. Amen? Amen. And know that even if you fall, you're not forsaken. Amen. You're not cast down. Brother Chris, if I saw you in the bar, I'd put my arm around you and say, I'm going to sit with you. can't drink with you because I'm a pastor, but I'm going to sit with you. I'm going to help you up. Thank God you're here. Amen. Anybody else falls, man, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to sit down with you. I'm going to be there for you uh, all the way, amen, by the grace of God. And I hope you'll be there for me uh, when I need you. Amen. Let's close in prayer. Father, thank you, Lord, for the guys here. What a strong group, oh God. And because they're so strong, Lord, the devil's going to be after them more. Father, and he knows how to get the men. It's not complicated. Put some food out there. Lord, whether it be that honeycomb or whatever it may be. Lord, men are not complicated. Oftentimes we'll wear the same shirt every day or the same pants or shorts or whatever. Uh, sit in the same chair. If, it's, if it were, we'd eat the same food every day even, almost. And uh, Lord, the devil knows how to get us, though. And I pray, Lord, you'll, you'll put a hedge of protection around each one here. Uh, Lord, and uh, often know we struggle. May uh, we not be cast down. And I pray, Lord, you'll uphold us with your hand. Keep our eyes on Christ. Help us to be like Job that made a covenant with his eyes. Oh, God, that he would not look upon a maid or think upon a maid even, oh God. Lord, I pray that we would be like the Apostle Paul who just kept himself and guarded himself. And Lord, many uh, other men in the Bible that, that you used uh, to give us for us, us as an example. Thank you for everybody here. Bless it, Lord. Bless the fellowship downstairs. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.